So we are uh, we're up to the parasha of Toldot, which is the parasha of Yitzchak. It's about Yitzchak and about Esau and about Yaakov. Right, you remember all these stories, they come around every year. So, I gotta focus on something. Gotta think about something. So what I think about, what I want us all to think about, is who exactly was Yitzchak? Do you know? Like Abraham, Abraham was the man who discovered faith again. That was when the world was created, as the Torah teaches us. Adam, Harishon, and Chava did not have an issue uh, about who's in charge. They all knew that there was one God, and one God created the world, and they were in communication with God <coughs> all the time. The one who rediscovered all of this was Avraham Avinu, at least the way the Rambam tells the story. I mean, the Rambam tells the story based on Chazal, but the Rambam made a story out of it, the beginning of the Chotav of Nazareth. The Rambam says, Avraham Avinu lived in a world of idolatry. And by that, he means every single person was an idolater. In fact, the Rambam stresses the fact that his father, Avraham's father, and his mother... And his mother were idolaters. You know, like women didn't play such a strong role in those days, but the Rambam insists that his mother was also an idolater. How he knows that, I don't know, except by inference, general kind of inference. So, Avraham Avinu rediscovered, Avraham Avinu rediscovered faith in God, and that God was the uh, creator of the world. So I say, who was Avraham Avinu? So we know who Avraham Avinu was. Avraham Avinu was a revolutionary. He changed everything. He gave the world purpose, so to speak. It became possible. It became possible to live in the world, you know, once again. Now, if I ask you who Yaakov was, I mean that's a sort of an unfair question because we're not up to Yaakov yet. But we could remember him from last year. And the year before that. Yaakov Avinu was kind of the creator of Am Yisrael. And we know that Am Yisrael was something very important because the Torah, the Torah was going to be given to Am Yisrael. So there you have it. Avram Avinu was the one who rediscovered God, worship, right? All of these things are a part of Avram Avinu. Yaakov was the one who created Am Yisrael. Now, who was Yitzchak? I mean, if we didn't have, if he didn't exist, uh, what would we be missing, so to speak? What would be the issue? So, this week's parasha, if you look at the first, if you look at the first source, this week's parasha says, Now, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that this is a little strange. If Abraham holid at Yitzchak, then certainly Yitzchak was ben Abraham. I mean, the redundancy here is uh, uh, really jarring. 
a little too much. You know, okay, uh, there are always redundancies, but this is something that is beyond uh, beyond the regular. Uh, anyway, you look at Rashi. Avram, you see the Rashi? Rashi says, well, if you say A, you have to say B. Well, that's exactly what we don't understand. I mean, why is it if you say A, you have to say B? It was you say Yitzchak ben Abraham, you have to say that. So Rashi tells us a story. The comedians in the in that time, right, in that world, uh, there were comedians. Omrin, Avimelech <laughs> that she became pregnant from Avimelech. You remember they went, the Avimelech, and, you know, famine, and took her and didn't take her. You know that story. Vare kama shanin Im Abraham below Nita Abraham. After all, she lived with Abraham for a number of years, and she didn't become pregnant. And all of a sudden, she was pregnant. So they said, "Well, she must have become pregnant with Avimelech." So what was the response? What was the Abraham. God created Yitzchak's face so that it was exactly like Abraham's face. Cluster Panat, like his, the mask on his face, was exactly the same as Abraham. In order that Ve'idu Hakol Abraham Holirit Yitzchak. So, again, you have to read the Pasuk like this. Ve'ila told Yitzchak ben Abraham. That's you know. That's what it says in his two dot zehut. It says Yitzchak ben Abraham, but everybody laughed at that. They all said it was a forgery, and they made it up because after all, how could Abraham give uh, have a baby? He lived with Sarah for years, and they didn't have any children. So, so, so the pasuk says Abraham holiet Yitzchak. So God did something to make everybody realized that Abraham was the father. And that was that Abraham and Yitzchak had the same face. They looked exactly alike. It was very hard to say that he wasn't, wasn't the father. So, okay, you have, this Rashi could be treated at different levels. Like you could say, well, what sort of interpretation is that? It's as though you have two kinds of stories there. There's like a statement, right? Yitzchak ben Abraham. And then there's a kind of a pause. We have to tell a story. And you have to say, well, the people were not sure about that, about the, whether Yitzchak was the son of Abraham. And so, God made sure that everybody would say, Abraham holid et Yitzchak. How did, it, how did that happen? Because they looked exactly the same. So, again, I think that this, this means, this Rashi, indicates how serious a problem there is. But I think, personally, that there's a very simple explanation. Right? There's a very simple explanation. And that is that, uh, you know, not every son is exactly like his father in the way he does things. I mean, sometimes they are more and sometimes they are less. But 
Yitzchak. You always knew that Yitzchak was the son of his father because of the way he acted. That's what the pasuk says. Now, if you look, uh, if you look at the second source, you see Breshit Perik Bet. The second source. We'll go back to the first source in a minute. Just two psukim. These psukim are from Akedat Yitzchak, from the story of the sacrifice or the binding of, of, of Yitzchak. You see, Pasuk Vav, Vaykach Avraham Adetzei HaOlah, Vayasem Al Yitzchak Bino. So, Avraham, you know, they're on their way to Haram Moriah. They got, they got off the cat, their donkeys, and they're on their way. So Avraham takes Atzei HaOlah. You know, in Israel, firewood is not such an easy commodity. So you have to prepare it in advance. That's atzei, atzei ha'ola, right? The the, the the firewood for the ola sacrifice, the sacrifice that is completely consumed. Vayasem al Yitzchak beno, and he put it on Yitzchak. That was his job. that he took along the fire. I guess it's some kind of a something. You know, like if you go to see the movie, you would know. But it was something where you could carry fire. Machelet, as you know, is a fancy word for a knife. A big knife, maybe. So what is how, how did they go yachta? You mean right, left, right, left? Or they held hands? What was Yachtav? That they had one mission. They were, they were together. How were they together? Well, Yitzchak knew that God wanted something, and he went along with his father, so the next Pasuk explains it to us exactly. So Yitzchak said to, to, to his father, Abraham Avi, Vayom Avi, politely, says, Father, my father, Vayom Ahineni Bani, and the father said, here I am, I'm listening. Here's the fire, here's the firewood. Where is the sacrificial animal that we're supposed to sacrifice? So you understand what that pasuk means, what it was that Yitzhak was saying. He's saying, listen, I get it. I understand that that the only thing that could be sacrificed here is me. And then the next Pasuk says, Vayom Avraham Elohim Yir Elohim admits it. He says, God will show us the sacrifice, the animal to be sacrificed. Means, even after Yitzchak was aware exactly of what lay in store for him, Yitzchak was willing to be yachdav. Just as Avraham was willing to do God's command, it didn't make any sense, right? You know that in Pesach says, came Avraham Avraham Avinu got up early in the morning. He got up early in the morning. Why? Because he wanted to do the mitzvah. God told him to sacrifice his son. He wanted to run quickly to sacrifice his son. He didn't have, apparently, against Kierkegaard, as I, as I pointed out, he doesn't have, like, he, he doesn't feel that it's difficult. It's not difficult to do what God wants you to do. 
even though on some other level of, 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 uh, of ethical values, it might be very difficult. But if God says do it, so you do it. I mean, it's not, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But that Yitzchak was willing to accept the divine command to Abraham personally indicated that Abraham was Yitzchak's father. That Yitzchak and Abraham were like twins. They looked the same. They thought the same. They acted the same. That's what Yitzchak, that's what Yitzchak was. So Yitzchak, Yitzchak was the, the one who created the family. Right? That was Yitzchak. The first thing about Yitzchak is they created the family, even though you know that Abraham realized it's, it, we'll see in a minute, it's a difficult story, but you remember that Sarah, realizing that she was barren, offered Abraham Hagar. Now, we don't know exactly what the Near Eastern law is at that time, but we could make it up. Right? We'll make it up. So we'll say, according to the Near Eastern law, people only, uh, sons only had fathers. There weren't any mothers. The mothers had no legal standing. And so Sarah said, well, what difference does it make who the mother is? What difference does it make who the important thing is that you, Abraham, should have a son? That's the, that's the whole point. But it turned out that that was not the point. Because Yishmael was not capable of achieving that level of cleaving to his father. And therefore, Yishmael was not the son that created the family. Right? It had nothing to do with being good or being bad. It had only to do with accepting the old Malchut Shamayim, right? The yoke of heaven. That's something that Yitzchak excelled in. And therefore, you could say that the family, the family of Abraham Avinu was created by Yitzchak. Because of all the children that Abraham had, right? He had Yishmael at the beginning, and then he remarried Hagar, whose name became Keturah, according to, at least according to Chazal, and they had many other children. But those children, right? Yishmael and the other children did not create a family because about them it could not be say, said, and that was the lesson. The lesson was, the lesson was that that uh, uh, in order for for Avram Avinu to live, in order for his ideas to live on, he had to have a family, and a family meant right that the child was the was the mirror image of his father. That was what family meant in in that time, and we all know families in which you know who are successful in this kind of enterprise. So Avram was successful. So the first thing that we know about Yitzchak, the first thing that we know about Yitzchak is that he was Vayelchu Shnehem Yachtav, and that Vayelchu Shnehem Yachtav means that, that Yitzchak had somehow accepted, learned, known the, the attitudes of his father and had absorbed them entirely. And so he was even able, he was even able to, to, to be devoted to the command of God as Abraham, who received the command, was devoted. Right? You have to remember that 
Yitzchak did not hear that, that there was a mitzvah that was not information that was given to Yitzchak that was only given to, to Abraham ok uh, alright alright I want to look at a second a second uh, story Breshit Perikavva you see you see it's the third the third source of the Obverse or reverse, one of those is right. I don't remember. Which is the right side? That doesn't matter. Pasuk Aleph. The which? The rectum. The rectum? Oh, okay. You live and learn. Vahira Avaretz. That's what it says. Oh, here's a great story. Vahira Avaretz. Vilvad Harabarishoda Shayabimei Avraham. So, I mean, you don't even have to say anything. I don't have to interpret it, because the Torah itself interprets this. It says, we're not going to tell you a story. We're going to tell you a story about a famine. But what's important to know about this famine? Oh, it's a, it's a do-over of the famine that Avram Avinu had to deal with, right? You don't even have to, you don't have to figure anything out. You don't have to be a creative, literary Personality, because the Torah tells you, we're now going to tell you a story that's a repeat of a story. So if the story is a repeat of a story, then Yitzchak, remember Yitzchak? Who is now, we've kind of focused upon him as being the mirror image of his father, accepting this, the, the command to his father. So what's Yitzchak going to do? What's Yitzchak going to do, obviously? He's going he's to do what his father did. His father left the country, went to the tribe. So he'll do the same thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious. It's not even, it's not even a nisayon for Yitzchak, as it was for Avram Avinu. It was a kind of a test. What's going to be? Who's going to, what, how will, how will it turn out? Oh, that's good. So, so Yitzchak, Yitzchak's going to leave the country, right? So the Pasuk says, Vayelech Yitzchak Elavi Melech Melech Pelishtim Gurara. So here's Yitzchak on the move. Right? I don't know. So I think that Yitzchak probably intended to go to Eretz Mitzrayim, right? He's going to, to, to Eretz Pelishtim. Eretz Pelishtim is Aza, Gaza. Well, today, today is Gaza. So that means that from Gaza, even if you don't have a tunnel, there's easy access to Egypt. And so that's Yitzchak. He was on his way. He was on his way to Egypt. Even though he went to Avimelech, Melech Aplishtim Grara, to the city of Grara. Vayerai lav Hashem Hashem. And God appeared. God appeared to Yitzchak. Vayoma alteyed Mitzrayma. Shchom ba'aretz asher omar elecha. Don't go to Mitzrayim. Parentheses, like your father did, even though you are the mirror image of your father, and even though you're going through an experience is exactly the same as the experience your father went to, but I tell you, Yitzchak, I tell you, love, that's called a love, a negative commandment. I mean, it's not a commandment in the sense, it actually is, but here it's not a commandment in the sense of Taryag Mitzvot, 613 Mitzvot, but it's a negative. Don't do it. Don't go to Mitzrayim, and then, and then, 
What's the next? What are the next words in the pasuk? Shkoz ba'aretz Hashem amari lecha. Now that's a redundancy because if God says to Yitzchak, "Do not go," so what does that naturally mean? Stay. So why does the pasuk have to say stay? So to my mind, there's a difference between Avram Avinu and Yitzchak at this point. Right? Avram Avinu, God promised him two things. Right? God promised Avram Avinu several times. Finally in the brief pain of Batarim, but God promised Avram Avinu two things. One, tremendous progeny, right? A lot of, a lot of children. And the second thing was Eretz Yisrael. Avram was promised Eretz Yisrael. When it comes to Eretz Yisrael, when it comes to progeny, Avram didn't say a word. Right? You know, God took him out. They said, look at the heavens and see all these stars. And Avram said, yeah, well, could you count them? I can't count them. Right? You know those children's books? They always have that story and a picture with a lot of stars. The sky is always black and the stars are always bright. That's fine. But when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, what did Avram Avinu say? Bamaida Kirashena. What does that mean? How could Avram Avinu say a thing like that? Bamaida Kirashena. That's what it says. I can look up the puzzle. But that's what that's what Avram Avinu said to God. How do I know that I'm truly going to inherit the land? So the Gemara in Ta'anit, quoted by Rashi, the Gemara says that Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu was asking, what happens? If my children don't deserve Eretz Israel, what happens then? So the Gemara says that God responded that even if they're driven into the exile, even if Am Yisrael or the children of Abraham Avinu are exiled from the land, as long as they maintain a connection to Avodat Hashem Eretz Yisrael, if they learn the halachot of the Beit HaMikdash, if they do it. That's why we say in the, in the every morning, you know, every morning we say Korbanot, before Pesuge de Zimra. We say Birkat HaTorah, right? This is the way the Siddur is organized. You say Birkat HaTorah, and then you say a little Torah. Right? Now that little Torah that we say is uh, is also got Mishnayot of... <coughs> Zvachim, Ezu Mikoman Shel Zvachim. Do we say that every day? Of course, the Hasidim they say, they say, why do we say that? Why do we say that, Perik of uh, Mishnah? What? Who said that? I can't see. Who said it? Who? Excellent. Excellent. Great. But 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 you. A uh, Spanish Portuguese Jew. What's your connection to Hasidim? Maybe you're a liberal Spanish Portuguese. <laughs> so the Hasidim say it's the only parak. I mean, not that I mean the fact is a fact, but it's the only parak in the Mishnah. In all of Mishnayot, where there's no machloket, there's no difference of opinion. So they picked that parrot for us to say every morning in the hope that it would have a positive effect on us. But we say it too fast. <laughs> if we say it slower, maybe it would have a good effect on us. But we don't do that. 
So, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu says to Avram Avinu, they'll find their way back. That's what Avram. So, that according to the Gemara in Tanit, when he says Bamai Dakir Hashena, Avram Avinu was focusing on exile. He says, so what happens if they, my children don't deserve this great gift of Eretz Yisrael? So that means that Avram Avinu felt that he did not yet inherit the land. That there was some safek. There was some doubt. That's the way Chazal explained it, right? There was some doubt about whether or not Eretz Yisrael really belonged to Avram Avinu at that moment. At the moment that this discussion took place. And so when there was Vayhira Abba Aretz, what did Avram Avinu do? He said, if Eretz Yisrael really belonged to me, if Eretz Yisrael already belonged to me, then I would stay. I, I wouldn't care about the famine. Because I would be in the place that I'm supposed to be. But if Eretz Yisrael doesn't belong to me yet, it's only a promise that will be activated in the future, then maybe I shouldn't stay. Maybe I shouldn't stay in, in Eretz Yisrael for the famine. Maybe the famine is a siman, is a kind of a sign that at least temporarily I should get out. I should leave. And that's what Avram Avinu, that's what Avram Avinu did. He left. He left Eretz Yisrael. So along comes Yitzchak, right? Yitzchak, his son, who is exactly like his father, who looks like his father and acts like his father, accepts the faith of his father, and, and, and there's a Rav Baaretz. So Yitzchak said, I'll do the same thing my father did. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say to Yitzchak? There's a lot, a negative commandment, and a positive commandment. And that is, Shchon Ba'aretz, I'm sorry, Alterit Mitzrayim, do not go to Mitzrayim, Shchon Ba'aretz HaShomar Lecho. In other words, in other words, for you, it's different. For you, it's different. You have got Eretz Yisrael. You should stay in the land, right? Which I will say about which I say to you, It was even though this shvua seems to be a repeat of what was already said to Avram Avinu. In fact, God says to Yitzchak, starting from now, I mean the promise starts with Avram Avinu, but the reality of that promise starts from now. It's almost as though, it's almost as though, you say, uh, well, I mean, last week we talked about the Marat HaMachpelah, right? And I said, I thought I said, that the Marat HaMachpelah Proves the story of the Marat Machpelah proves that that Am Yisrael that, that Avram Avinu did not own the land because in order to bury his wife he had to buy the land he had to pay for it it wasn't his he couldn't make a claim against Ephron Achiti he said look you know a little place here and in any event it all belongs to me what are you giving me a hard time so he had to buy he had to buy the land. Yitzchak, according to this pasuk, owned the land. It was already his. So if I would think to myself, you know, like if I was like learning chassidut, and I think to myself, why did it happen that way? Why did it happen that way? Why was it that Abraham 
kind of felt that it wasn't his. And Yitzchak had this one upmanship. He had a, a benefit that that Abraham didn't have. Well, what was it? What was it that? Uh, <coughs> what was the difference between Abraham and Yitzchak? Well, the difference was, I think, I would say, that Yitzchak had a son whose name was Yaakov, and besides creating, uh, besides creating Am Yisrael, Yaakov had another creation. He had another creation. Yaakov created Galut. I mean, the Ramban says it. The Ramban says that Yaakov created exile from the land. Yaakov was exiled. Uh, couldn't get along with Esav. His parents were worried. Uh, Yaakov created a untenable situation, first by getting the birthright and then by sort of taking the bracha and Esav thought it was stolen the situation became untenable as a result of the untenable situation Yitzhak, uh, Yaakov had to run away had to go to the diaspora and therefore the Ramban says Ramban says that Yaakov created he doesn't say that word right but it's a fair translation that Yaakov created Galut, exile. But in order to be exiled, you could only be exiled from some place that is yours. So before the exile of Yaakov, which then became the paradigm of exile throughout all the generations, at least according to the Rabban, Right. In other words, every time we're exiled, we're again going through this Yaakov and Esau story. He had to be exiled from a place. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Yitzchak, Gur ba'aretz hazot, shchon ba'aretz hazot, stay here, it'll be yours. Why, why did that have to happen? Why that have to happen? Why was it enough as Avraham as Abraham uh, said, it's not mine yet. So it's not yours yet. So I'll wait till Yahushua comes with Am Yisrael and they conquer the land and divide it up. So that what's wrong with that? And the answer might be, again, I say in like Hasidish terms, the answer might be that since Yaakov is considered to be the creator of the Galut, of this idea that you go into foreign territory, that you go to live in a place which is not really yours, and that that is a recurring theme, a recurrent theme in Jewish history, right? I think, you know, it's not that that difficult to imagine. You needed a place to leave. Yaakov couldn't create Galut unless he felt that Eretz Yisrael belonged to him. And therefore... Eretz Yisrael belonged to his father Yitzchak and inherited by his son Yaakov. Okay? So now, final question about Yitzchak. Yitzchak was his father's mirror image. He acted as his father acted. Even when he didn't act as his father acted, he wanted at first to act like his father acted. 
his father sent Yishmael away from home. Sent him away. He knew that it was that he knew by Sarah knew I will get into that dynamic, but okay, Sarah was smart here. Sarah was smart and she knew that there was no hope. Avraham, you know, was the first uh, Kiruv worker, according to Chazam. At the Nefesh Haran, right? They, they had all these Balei Tshuva that Avraham Avinu convinced were, uh, you know, Avraham Avinu convinced them that they should accept the yoke of heaven as he did. Right? So he was a uh, he was a great Kiruv person. So when the question of what to do with Yishmael came up, in every case you'll see that Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu is the lenient one. He's the one who's optimistic. He's the one who thinks that it could be fixed. Whatever it is. He was optimistic about Lot. Remember Lot? Even though there was really no reason to be optimistic. And he was optimistic about Yishmael. He was just He said, "Okay, you know, he's not as he's not the way we would like him to be, but he'll improve." Sarah, Sarai, Sarah, who was well was connected to reality, right? Connected to reality. Who came from a different kind of home? Who came from a different kind of background? She knew that Yishmael, that Yishmael was incorrigible. That's a word, right? That you couldn't fix him. You couldn't fix... Uh, so So it's not that one of them was smart and the other was not smart. I don't think that that's the case. People are different in their relationships to others. And after all, after all, Yishmael came into the world in order to fill the void of, of Avram having a son. So it's reasonable that Abraham would want to try to fix Yishmael. But at the end, God says to Abraham, listen to Sarah. She's right. In this case, okay, if God tells you that, 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 uh, he, that she's right, so she's right. That's not a, not a question. So he had to send him away. He had to send, uh, he had to send Yishmael away. And he did. He sent him away. So now here's, yeah, is Yitzchak. Yitzchak is faced with a similar situation. Yaakov, Yaakov is in yeshiva, right? He's not eating too much, he's not sleeping too much, he's learning a lot of Torah. He's the outstanding student in the yeshiva of Sheba Esav. You know, he's out at the casino, he's running around, he's shooting bows and arrows, he's, you know, he's a bad guy. He's not bad, like, like with a svara. He's just a bad guy. He's really a bad guy. So what should Yitzchak do in such a situation? What should Yitzchak do in such a situation? Well, why should he go through, you know, step one with Avram Avinu? He knows that God told Avram Avinu to send Yishmael away. So why doesn't he send Esav away? Question one. That's a good question. Oh, good. I'm so happy. Finally. <laughs> Finally, good question. So I want to tell you what the Abarbanel says. The Abarbanel, here is the Abarbanel. It's on the sheet. So if you take the sheet home and you look at it on Shabbos, you can learn the Abarbanel. But I'm going to just tell you what the Abarbanel says. 
because it's much more interesting when I tell it. <laughs> and also, it's not a primary text, right? It's a, it's, it's a commentary. The Abhinav was a very smart man. He was a very smart man. And he was modern orthodox because he worked as a, uh, an advisor to the king of Spain. Right? That was his day job. And at night, he wrote a lot of books on Torah and, uh, and commentaries. So, so he, was, he was really modern orthodox, right? Doctor too, wasn't he? What? He was a doctor too, wasn't he? He was? I, think so. I don't know. Oh, really? He was the chief treasurer. Was he a doctor? He was the treasurer. Yeah. He was the treasurer at the court of the, of the king, yes. Okay, so I want to tell you what he says. I want to tell you what the, what the Abarbanel says because it's really creative and interesting. The Abarbanel says this. He says, he says, you know, at the end of last week's parasha, it says that Abraham married Keturah. That's what the Pasuk says. Because I'll say that Keturah is Hagar, and that, they had a lot of children. They had children, what? Yes, okay. I mean, the full report is not in yet. So, so they had these children, and then Avram Avinu goes, and he takes money, and he gives all of these children money, and sends them away. So, the Abarbanel said, well, what's going on? What is this? I mean, first of all, you can ask the question this way. I have to know this. I have to know that Abarbanel had another wife, that he had children, that he sent them away. I mean, it tarnishes the image a little bit, right? I would like Abarbanel to be the star of stars. I want him to be the most ethical, positive person imaginable, like, they, like in those art scroll books. But what is he sending everybody away? What does what he what is he say? Giving them money and sending them away? It doesn't sound, it sounds like a bad guy. That's what bad people do. They get rid of their own children. So the Barbanel says this. Barbanel says this. It's like an interesting idea. He says, you know, you know, Avram Avinu sent Yishmael away. He sent Yishmael away because Sarah said you have to send them away. And it was validated by God. Hashem said, listen to Sarah. So he sent them away. But he says, that doesn't mean that Yishmael was happy. Yishmael was not happy at all. Because after all, Yishmael was the rejected child. He had, he had proof that his father hated him. I mean, what a terrible thing. You know, Yishmael. I mean, whatever he did wrong, he certainly was heavily punished for whatever he did. Now, when you asked yes, Sarah, why you sent Yishmael away? Because you didn't want him to influence uh, a future son, and etc. You know, they had, a, they had a reason. But that doesn't mean that Yishmael could absorb that reason happily. Like Yishmael could go and say, oh, I'm so happy they sent me away. This way I won't be a bad influence on, uh, on Yitzchak. I mean, you don't imagine that that's what happens to the Barbanel said. So Avram Avinu saw this as a bad situation. He didn't want to leave Yishmael in a state of distress about what had happened. So what did he do? He had other children. And then he sent the other children away, he gave them presents and sent them away. So Yishmael would know, Yishmael would understand that Avram Avinu, 
Yisrael would understand that Avram Avinu didn't mean him any harm. It wasn't a personal thing. It wasn't that Avram Avinu hated Yishmael. It was just that the reality could not be maintained. That if Yitzchak comes into the world, he doesn't need Yishmael hanging, hanging around. And so he had all these other children. They sent them away for the same reason. Because they were not a positive influence. And so Yishmael, and so Yishmael understood that Avraham Avinu, Avraham his father, didn't really hate him. It wasn't like that kind of a, of a thing. And that explains, according to Barbanel, that explains why when Avraham Avinu died, who, who buried him? Yishmael and, and Yitzchak. And Chazal say, Shechazar v'tshuva, that he, that he redeemed himself, that he understood, that he understood that there was this greater plan that was in place, which implied that he had to be sent away. He, Yishmael himself, understood about himself that he had to be sent away, and therefore he agreed to come together, to come together with, with Yitzchak in burying, in burying their, their father. So you see that Avram Avinu, one of his like principles was to kind of get people together to do the, to get them to understand more and to be more involved with God and to work in order to make sure that the next generation, that is to say Yitzchak, would be would be uh, salvaged. So we started out. What was our question? Our question was, how come Yitzchak didn't send Esau away? I mean, could it be that he didn't understand that there was a difference between Yaakov and Esau? Let's say no. I mean, you could say whatever you want, but I, I let, let's, for the sake of this discussion, say that it's inconceivable that, Yaakov, that Yitzchak didn't know that Esau was a bad guy. But Yitzchak was the son of his father, right? Dvoti kunen he looked exactly like and acted exactly like and the father what did the father do according to this interpretation about his unfavorable son Yishmael he got him back okay it was a little radical maybe you know he had children he sent them away but he got the son Yishmael back into the fold and Yishmael buried his father and was about Shuva according to according to Chazal. So Yitzchak said, obviously, that's what I have to try to do with Esau. And as happens often in the Tanakh, his wife Rivka, in this case again was the voice of God. In other words, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work. You know, sometimes it works. With Lot, it worked a little bit. With uh, Yishmael, it seems to have worked a lot. But with Esav, it would not have worked. So Rivka, Rivka was right. And, and, and Yitzhak was right. I mean, everybody was right. But Yitzhak, by nature, was unable, or it, he found it very difficult to say about another person, even if it wasn't his own son, it's hopeless that there's no uh, there's no way to overcome the hopelessness of the situation. So that was that was Yitzchak's nature. 
And that's why Yitzchak, he, didn't, he wasn't fooled by Esau. He just had a different idea. So we see that, that Yitzchak was the son. And it's not so easy to always be the son. It's not always easy to distinguish between those things that are mandatory, like one God, God created the world, and those things which might be facultative, like maybe yes, maybe no, like have we inherited the land, or haven't we inherited the land? Um, there are also problems with human relations sometimes. Uh, even if you say that everybody has hope, sometimes you come to a point of hopelessness. So those are the things that Yitzchak himself wrestled with, being a son, right? That you can't just imitate your father. You try to take the good, but the good itself is divisible sometimes. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't work. So Yitzchak remains an important cog in this kind of story, that Avram Avinu was not enough for us. We wouldn't have gotten the idea, but we needed Yitzchak. We needed Yitzchak to explain to us, we needed Yitzchak to explain to us which parts of Avram Avinu remain constant and which parts of him have to be evaluated in a particular time, in a particular situation. Have a good Shabbos. So Rabbi, is that the reason you explain why he seemed to favor Esau? Esau. Why do you think he favored Esau? Well, because he wanted to give him the blessing first. He wanted. Yeah, but it was a different blessing. It was not. It was not a competitive blessing. It was the blessing that Yitzchak that Esau that Yitzchak wanted to give Esau was not the bracha of Avraham Avinu. It was just a bracha. It was to be nice to him. When Yaakov stole it from him. So to speak. Well, the Bukharah. Yeah. That's Yaakov, not Yitzchak. You know, so who, who are we talking about? Yaakov or Yitzchak? Yaakov, Yaakov uh, uh, um, you know, whatever the reason is, we didn't talk about that. Right. I got through that. <laughs>